0: you're supposed to say preach to me pastor amen I gotta have that encouragement brother Jones oh ain't God good praise the Lord I'm gonna do something a little different tonight I want brother Chris if he would come up here sister Ashley the many years I've been here I've I've, I don't know how many songs that we have sang together, not many. Because I'm not the singer of the bunch. But Brother Ellis, he said, I need you to sing tonight. Amen. He's been on to me yeah, all the time. He's on to me. He's just a glutton for punishment, isn't he? Praise God. How many knows that God is good? I'll let you be seated for a moment. I'm going to read these words to you. And I want us to know this, that these words never need to become cliche. This 2 Thessalonians that we read so often says, but I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope, For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. He's going to bring them. He's going to bring them. Do you see that? He's going to bring them with him. So, our loved ones that have gone on, I want you to know they're with the Lord. And when He's coming back, He's bringing them. And you know what He's going to do next? For this we say in the word of the Lord, which you, we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not precede them which are asleep. For the Lord shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God. And then the dead in Christ will rise first. Those spirits that have gone on will be reconnected with their body in one moment. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, he's going to put everybody back together. And then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together. Oh, I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to a better world than this. Praise God. How many today are looking for an address change? My father saying this. Oh, and he was so anointed singing it. But if you know this, why don't you just help us sing it tonight? I think it's in the key of C. Praise God. I've been living in this world for quite a long time. Always looking for a place to call my own. I was never quite satisfied with what I saw down here, but I'm soon moving to my brand. How many's looking forward to that? Will there be no
1: tears? in front of me. place where oh I'm moving. It's so lovely and it's brand new. There's a river that flows like crystal and there's a wall oh of jasper. Come two. on and think about it. Oh, and the street
0: lovely and brand new. It's got rivers that flow like crystal and walls of jasper too. And the streets in front of my house will be paved with purest gold and it's a place
1: where we'll never
0: Him together. Come on, I want you to get your mind on that place for a moment. I want you, if you would, just to picture what it's gonna be the moment you break through the cloud and you see your Savior for the first time and you lay eyes on him and you see nail scarred hands, you see a wounded brow, scars on the feet because of a price
1: on Mount Calvary
0: Let's just worship him together. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Mm. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, my God. Praise God. Sister Jamie, no more hospital visits. Praise God. No more worrying about lost loved ones. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of this whole world. Oh, yes.
1: Hallelujah. Do that second verse, Brother Crinch. Hallelujah. The place where I'm moving is love. Crystal, oh, and there's a wall of jasper, too. Oh, when the streets can you see it in front of my house will be paved up, it's a place where.
0: just give the Lord a hand clap in this place. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to heaven, Brother Walden. That's what I'm working for all my life. I've made up my mind. I'm going to make it home. Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. My, my, my. Praise God. Today, if I were to have every person in here testify. There would not be a single person in a single family. Notice not going through a trial or tribulation of your own. Every single person in this place, whether it's a family member, whether it's lost loved ones, whether it's a trial of health, whether it's a monetary issue, whether whether it's just trouble. And I want to tell the church this. I believe today that God, like the eagle that that stirs the nest, I believe that God is stirring the nest of the church. He said in the end time, He said everything that can be shaken will be shaken. And what we have to make up in our minds is in the process of all the shaking. That I hang on to the hand of Jesus. Amen. That I get through all of the problems and issues and troubles of this world. Because on the other side of this, there is glory, folks. And I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to glory land. Praise God. Praise God. I'm going to take just a few moments tonight and preach the word. God gave me a message. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you praise team, singers, brother Chris, sister Ashley, thank you so much. Amen. I give honor to this body of believers that are here, to the faithful that are in the house of God. I I received texts and calls today about the message. And I know today that it touched many hearts And I'm thankful for that because it's not the man; it's the Word of God that is important, folks. I'm I'm telling you, if you could feel what I feel, there is a tugging at the heart of apostolics. If you've got the Holy Ghost, I believe that God is beckoning us, Sister Stacy, to a better place. And I want to tell the church this: Get your eyes off the world. Get your eyes off the world. Don't worry about what's on Fox News or CNN News or any other news channel today. You need to worry about what kind of good news that God has for us. Right. Amen. And he said, when you see all these things come to pass, he said, look up. Or your redemption draw nigh. Jesus is getting ready to come. Yeah. Amen. I can hear the rustle of everything getting ready. I'm telling you the stage is set. Amen. The The... the uh, the, the members are in their place. The, 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 I'm not going to call them actors, but the participators. Amen. I believe the angels right now are waiting for the call. Amen. And Jesus is coming after his bride. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. I want to preach something different tonight in 1 Samuel chapter 30, verses 1 through 6. I've preached this in different ways. Tonight I feel like God has a word for us in the house. 1 Samuel chapter 30, verses 1 through 6. The Bible said, and it came to pass, when David and his men were come to Ziklag on the third day, that the Amalekites had invaded to the south, And Ziklag, and had smitten Ziklag, and had burned it with fire. And had taken the women captives that were therein. They slew not any, either great nor small, but carried them away and went on their way. So David and his men came to the city, and behold, it was burned with fire. And their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captive. And then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. Have you ever wept that much? And David's two wives were taken captive. Ahinoam, the Jezreelitess, and Abigail, the wife of Nabal, the Carmelite. And David was greatly distressed, for the people spake of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved every man for his sons and for his daughters. But scripture says this, but David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Amen. I want you to look at somebody tonight and say David encouraged himself in the Lord. Amen. Amen. I want to preach a message just for a little while tonight. If you will permit me and help me preach how to encourage yourself in the Lord. Amen. How to encourage yourself in the Lord. Praise God. Could we just lift our hands and love Him again? Thank Him for His spirit that's in this house, for the Word of God, the Scripture. Lord, we thank You for all that You've done. We thank You for... Understanding that anointing, that precious Holy Ghost that is in this place. Oh, I thank you that I know that you're touching people right now. Even, even, Lord, as this word is being preached, I know. God, that in the process, Lord, that even while this is happening, you can fill people with the Holy Ghost. God, you can restore people back to new. Lord, you can... Minister healing in people's body, Lord, as the word goes forth. And I pray, God, that you have your will and your way. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And the church said, Amen. Amen. You can be seated today. Praise God. To understand fully the scripture that we've read into our hearing tonight we would need to understand the rest of the story concerning David's life. And today I want to tell you that I don't have enough time nor energy to preach all of David's life. But I am going to tell us today some things that we had to look at in examining the story. It's easy always to look at a couple of scriptures and to draw a conclusion. You're not careful. You can take two or three scriptures... Uh, Out of context, believing something was said. But if you don't do a cross-context and cross-reference, you can rightly divide the word. Amen? It's easy to look at a couple of scripture and draw a conclusion about someone's story. But I'm going to tell us all, every one of us have our own story. Amen? And I'm going to submit that there is always more than meets the eye if you were to examine the real history of the life of David. We can see those even that are in the house of God, praising and worshiping God, believing in, the, in, in God that is able to touch and move and minister. And, and uh, even in this house, we look at people and the way they worship, and, and you'll, you'll think they're problem-free in the way they worship in the Lord, and they're just magnifying God. Amen, and, and many of us look at people like that never really understanding the deep story that is behind everybody. Amen, I, I'm telling you, I've, I've thought of some things. Amen, I, I want you to see today that we worship past our problems and we, we worship past our failures. Amen, and, and I want to tell you today that many times the hardest worshiper, amen, were the worst sinners. I couldn't help tonight even in getting this lesson ready. And y'all know me. I use people. Y'all just have to forgive me. You can wallop me after service. But many times we'll think, oh, if I could just have Brother Walden's outlook on things. You know, if I if, if I, I never see him, you know, that he is not encouraging me. I I talk to him like I do Brother Danny, and, and, and he encourages me, and I... I I I never hear him talk down. He just talks up, talks about the goodness of God, talks about the power of God, and talks about all of that. And you know, to, to look at him and examine his worship, even as he would come up here, you would never think Brother Walden has a problem in his life. He just loves God and loves to be in the house of the Lord. But I'm going to submit, if you were to look into a deeper part of Brother Walden's story, you would understand that Brother Walden has gone through grief, and he's gone through heartbreak, and he's gone through trouble. He's gone through lost loved ones. Amen. And he worships beyond that. Amen. I, I, I want to commend today, Sister Stacy. I, I want everybody to know this is one of the most precious saints in the house of God. And I want to tell you why. Because she is a worshiper. And she just worships the Lord. And and people don't know there's a reason why she worships like she yeah. does, and it, it, it is this it's all right, Sister Stacy. Right. You can you can get me afterward if it's not. But but you know I've had uh, she don't know it, but I've had people up and she's up worshiping, doing her war whoop, you know. And I'll I'll have people uh, visiting preachers, and they'll say, "Who in the world is that?" And I'll say, "That's Sister Stacy. You don't know what she what she's gone through, and you don't know where God has brought her from, and." And, and I find that, that I, I'm, I'm going to blow this lesson apart tonight, but I'm just going to preach it as God gave, gave it to me. You, you don't know the things that they've gone through. And today I, I want you to know those that have never had problems and those that are carefree, amen, they struggle worshiping the Lord. Amen, those that, that have nothing to worship over, those that don't understand the uh, the... the, the The sacrifice that was made in a hill called Mount Calvary and those that that haven't been in the dredges of sin, I'm going to submit many times they're not the greatest worshiper. It's the one usually whose life was a wreck. It's the one that had attempted to take their life. It's the one, amen, that had quit on life. It's the one that had uh, destroyed home and destroyed houses and, and, and destroyed areas of life that come in the house of God and God has lifted them up out of that place and in the middle of that, amen, they're worshiping the Lord and they're magnifying the Lord and they're glorifying God, amen. And let me tell the church this. I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you in on something Amen. God loves worshipers. Amen. And God loves people that pray. And I'm going to tell you today, if you're having a problem worshiping and if you're having a problem praying, amen, I want you to know that God would just as soon allow you to have some problems and some trials if it will allow you to get to a place in your worship that you haven't been before. My God, I know I'm going to mess this all up tonight. Amen. But I believe with all of my heart Amen. We need to worship past all of that old stuff in our life. We need some apostolic old time, old fashioned Holy Ghost. Throw down worship in God to where the anointing of God falls in our life. And you got to pick people up off the floor because they've been rolling around shouting and speaking in tongues. Hallelujah! Praise God. We look at folks like that and we'll think, you know, they've never had a problem in their life. But you don't know the rest of their story. David wasn't always a giant slayer. Do you know that? How many believe that David was probably the greatest king of Israel? I do. And I know of Hezekiah. I, I know of Josiah. There was none like Josiah. I know of all of those ones. those. But let me tell you, there was something special about, uh, about David. For one thing, David was king, priest, and prophet. And when you, when you examine the life of David, you would know that other, other, uh, uh, other kings got themselves in trouble uh, when they tried to step into the place of priests. You're going to find that they were smitten with leprosy. They were disowned because they stepped into a place that they wouldn't. And then you find David eating eating showbread, and you find David prophesying of Christ. You, you, you find some of the greatest prophecies of Christ ever written by the, the, the hand of man, instructed by God, other than David. Amen. That is giving those those prophecies, and and, and, and you can see him, and he put the, the, the priestly ephod on, and God spoke to him as he did the priesthood which is odd because David was out of the tribe of Judah and he wasn't a Levite he was from the tribe of Judah which is absolutely an abnormality when it comes to the priesthood there's a lot of deep things about David today if we could understand Amen. I believe today that he was one of if not the greatest king that Israel has ever known David wasn't always the giant slayer did you know that Amen, David's story picks up in 1 Samuel the 16th chapter when David is almost overlooked because he was the youngest of eight children. Amen, some of us have a middle child complex or a youngest child complex, but could you imagine being the youngest child of eight children and then to be anointed king over all the land? Can you imagine the jealousy in that household? Amen. He was appointed to keep his father's sheep. He was ruddy and fair to look upon. He's, he was somebody, if, if you can see. I mean, Saul was head and shoulders above everybody. Owned one of the greatest swords in the land. I could imagine what King Saul looked like. And now, if you would imagine what the ruddy young lad, David, looked like. The Bible said that he was ruddy, complected, and he was fair to look on. He He was a pretty boy. Is that all right? I mean, he was a handsome young man. I'm going to say it that way. I mean, he was not somebody that would drive fear in the hearts of people. He was just somebody that loved the Lord. And and let me tell us all this tonight. Amen. Don't you draw a conclusion about somebody's life. Don't look at somebody and say they can't be great. Don't look at somebody and, and, and try to put them into a box and say they'll never amount to anything because you don't know the calling that God places in people's life. You don't know the anointing that God places in men and women's life. Amen. You don't know the places that God draws people out. Oh my, I want to tell you today, I believe today in the house of God. Amen. In in the older generation and the younger generation. I, I believe in today in the younger generation sitting on the pew right over here. Amen. We got pastors and ministers and, and prophets. I believe today we got those that can lay their hands on you and God will touch you physically. Amen. I'm talking about don't put them in a box. Don't, don't come with an expectation that they're nobody. Oh, right. Hallelujah. David, I would imagine, would have had to battle this complex. No, we don't find him battling. At least it doesn't say that he did. But I would have had. David was not someone that you might would have considered to be king material. He was assigned to bring his brothers food. That's who he was. While his brothers were off fighting a war, David was the water boy. That's who he was. He was bringing them food. Amen. He was accused when he got there of being prideful and disobedient. That's David's lie. Amen. He was always underestimated. Always. Amen. After slaying Goliath, Amen. and being brought into the king's household, almost immediately King Saul became jealous and devised a plan to destroy David with his spear. So here we've got an underestimated young man that is ready and... And goodly to you look upon that, that you wouldn't have imagined to be a giant slayer—and now we're finding that that it is being sung about him. Amen. That David has uh, Saul has killed his thousands, and David has killed his ten thousands. Amen. And from that moment on, King Saul looked at him differently, and Saul said, "I'm going to kill him." Yeah. Let me tell you, jealousy will drive you into sinning. So I want to tell you today, you better be careful being jealous of anybody's ministry. If they're called, God will bring it about. Ain't nothing nobody can do about it. David escaped the spear of Saul, the Bible says, two times. He escaped his spear and he was driven from the camp. David became almost a vagabond in his own country. He was hunted continually by the king. He was driven into caves and into wooded areas and wilderness areas. And now he finds himself in Asis before the king of Gath. Amen. That's the land of the giant that he slew. Amen. Here David is absolutely going into territory. Amen. Of a land of people that despised him because he killed their champion. Can you imagine? Amen. And he finds himself. The Bible said that he feared for himself to the extent amen, that he begins to draw a spittle in his mouth and he begins to foam at the mouth amen, and then spit all over himself. And the Bible said that he began to scratch the gates because they wouldn't bother with a crazy man.
1: How
0: about that? That's a truth. So David has gone from a giant slayer To a madman foaming at the mouth, scratching at gates, just wanting to be left alone. Now we're starting to understand why David became the greatest king. Hallelujah. I want us to understand some things about David. The Bible then says, then Saul slays the priest in Nob that befriended him. David has lost a large portion of the priesthood. And now David flees again to an enemy territory of Moab. Some of their sworn enemies. And then his confidant, the prophet Samuel, dies. And David is driven to the wilderness in Ziph. Everything about David's life is utter chaos. It's an absolute utter wreck. I want us to see this today. And now we find David abides in Ziklag. And he has aligned himself with the Philistines. Can you imagine? Amen. He has aligned himself with the Moabites. He's aligned himself, amen, with the Philistines, amen. He's aligned himself with people that would destroy him and his family, amen. Why? Because now, amen, the king has driven him out. Can you imagine the mental anguish of the man David, amen, as it appears that he has literally lost everything that he has, everything that he loves, David returns now to Ziklag after being gone from some time. Amen. when the Philistines make war against Israel, David went to make war with them. I don't know what would have happened, but I do know this. Somebody had enough sense to look at David and his men and say, I don't want them guys fighting with us. Because if they do, they'll turn in the middle of battle and they'll come against us. So that was good reasoning, I believe. So now David returns home after doing some raiding. And I'm trying to paint this as simply as I could. Amen. And just uh, in the middle of all of this, David turns to Ziklag. And now the Amalekites have invaded Ziklag. And they've taken all of their families. They've burnt the city with fire. And I want to tell the church, there is nothing so devastating as fire. That's a truth. You can look today even on the island of Hawaii and it's it's such a terrible situation. And it's worse than just a human tragedy which is terrible enough. But now we find that it is burnt with fire and, and Everyone is testifying of the utter chaos and the devastation because there's no homes left. And the automobiles were literally exploding with people in them. They're finding families that had huddled up amen, amongst themselves and they were trying to escape the smoke. And they had lost their lives as a family altogether. I want to tell you today, amen, there's nothing so devastating as fire. Amen. And and now we find, amen, that David and his men... Amen, they have returned now and their wives and their sons and their daughters, everything that they find precious in their life has been taken away. So now to recap, David was underestimated, driven from the kingdom. Amen, chased by the king, nearly caught three or four times, amen. We find that he was driven into foreign lions. We find that he had to act mad to get away, amen. We find that his priestly father had died or his prophet father had died. We find that the priest that had befriended him, amen, had, had died now in Nob, amen, and now we find that David returns home and now when you would have thought everything had culminated and he had a bad day and a bad week and a bad year, amen, David finds himself, amen, and his wife and his children and his daughters and his son are taken and his house is burnt with fire. You're talking about a bad day. I don't know about you, but I've had bad days in my life. Brother Danny, I've had tough times. I've had situations that I've laid awake at night and I've tried to put them together and I've tried to fix it and I've tried, I've prayed about it and I've sought God in looking and trying to find an answer for something. Amen. Even years ago, things that I, I would struggle with and I would think, my, I've had a bad day. Nobody else goes through this. Nobody else has been through this kind of stuff. Let me tell us all today. Every person in this place has been through hard times in their life. Every person in their place carries battle scars in their life. Every person in this place has wounds put upon them. Every person in this place has been let down and talked about and ridiculed and hurt and maimed. But let me tell you amen. You're not in just the company of yourself. You're in the company of saints now that have had it done to them and let me tell you and Jesus had it done to him and David had it done to him what am I telling us here today I'm telling us that we have things to go through and I know brother Cook has been preaching a lot of this but I'm taking us somewhere tonight I want us to understand amen that it is the trial of things that makes us better that's not what we want to hear is it Man. when you would have thought that it couldn't get any worse and David has hit rock bottom just when you think that there is nothing that, that could happen in any worse way the Bible said David becomes greatly distressed because his own men spoke of stoning him I haven't been there yet thank God Because the soul of all the people grieved for their sons and for their daughters. I can't imagine tonight a lower place. When I put my mind to understand, like the writer of Ecclesiastes, the writer of Proverbs would say, when I put my mind to understand it, I could not fathom anyone's life being any worse than David's at this very moment. Everything that had ever could have been done wrong against anybody had been done wrong against him. Church, I I want you to hear me tonight. I know many times that we don't like to hear this, but it's the trying times that make great men and women of God. Amen. I I, want to tell us tonight this, and, and we we need to fully understand it. in church, I'm going to keep saying it until we can grasp it. Amen. And, and you're wondering, how will we know when we grasp it? Let me tell you. Amen. When you understand, amen, that in the hardness of time and the sadness of time, amen, in the troublesome of time, you can lift your hands and worship God and magnify the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Let me tell you, you're getting in there about right. Amen. Is that all right? Amen. And I know this is nothing that we want to hear about, but I want to tell everybody Brother Danny, this has just started. We're seeing the end of the ages come to pass. Amen. Let me tell us today, if God doesn't send his angels and himself coming to pick us up, I want you to know that you're going to see governments fail. You're going to see dollar bills fail. You're going to see banks fail. You're going to see an economic system crash. You're going to see churches fail. You're going to see some of the worst things that this world has ever, ever seen amen encouraging ain't we brother cook no i want us to be truthful with one another i want us to understand one another he said you're gonna see the beginning of these things come to pass amen so i need to understand tonight that i gotta go through some things i need to understand i'm gonna be tried i need to understand today i'm gonna suffer for the gospel's sake before this thing is over Amen. Those of you that have a problem witnessing to others, what will you do when they take you and say, if you deny him, we'll let you loose? Come on. Right. Come on. Come on. I want you to see today we have been in a troublesome time. David lived in a troublesome time there. Amen. I know that we don't like hearing these things, but. I want us to consider something. The greatest generation that was ever known to exist was my grandfather's generation. They're even called, Brother Danny, the great generation. And some would wonder why. Because they suffered the stock market crash of 1929. They watched their money fail, disappear overnight. They went from that into a massive worldwide depression where there was not enough food to eat. And they were struggling to put groceries on the table. And people that had a little property and had some animals, they, they were blessed, Sister Missy, to have lived out on a farm because they had a way to provide for themselves. But I want to tell us today, everybody wasn't that way. And my grandfather lived in the city, amen, while the woman that he married, which became my grandmother, lived in the country. And they had two entirely different lives. My grandmother lived very well, not, ex- not, not greatly, but very well. But my grandfather lived dirt poor, amen, and flat broke, and he didn't know what he was going to do, amen. But I want you to understand out of this and the second uh, the depression that went on and then finally the second world war happened and the world exploded in war and what did it produce a bunch of weak men broken unable to fix anything no sir Amen. out of all of the trials and all of the trouble and all of the struggle came a generation of men that built highways across the nation industrialized the nation built to country. I want us to know and understand today that it's through trouble that God perfects us. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. God perfects us through the problems. The scripture tells us here after David had done all of this and all of these things had happened in his life now we find that David has hit rock bottom. David said I quit. And he went back home to his dad's house and he said, I'm through. No. Amen. That's, that's, that's what a lot of us would have done. I quit. I've had enough. I can't do it anymore. Amen. I've been, I've been hurt. I've been chased. Amen. My own folks tried to kill me, I, I, I've been threatened to be stoned. Amen. No. David came to this place and I'm going to read this scripture. Amen. And David was greatly distressed. And I want to tell the church it's okay to be distressed. Is that all right? Amen. For the people's sake of stoning him. Because of the soul of the people was grieved every man for his sons and his daughters. In other words, these folks had come to a place that their children were literally ripped out of their arms. And they were hurting and wounded. And now they blamed their leader. But now we find some of the most amazing words ever penned Sister Moore but David encouraged himself
1: yeah.
0: in the Lord his God I want us to know today that we live in a, a lost age of encouraging ourselves I grew up in a different generation and I look around today. I'm not going to point fingers I look around and there's some older generation in this house that would admit it Amen. we grew up in a different time we grew up when people uh, didn't have in excess but one thing that they did have amen was this they had God in their life and they came to the house of the Lord and they worshipped God I want us to understand today that we struggle amen to get everybody together now even on a Sunday amen to worship the Lord together but Sister Sisk, I remember the day not long ago that 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 churches held six week revivals, amen. And they carried people out of the church by the scores, by the hundreds that received the Holy Ghost, amen. I've read about Brother Sis when he was baptized in the name of Jesus, amen. That there, there was a faith baptism down on a creek somewhere that that uh, uh, Brother Russell had and. And, and, and there he said, you know, I'm going to go down to the creek. I'm going to broadcast it. I'm having a baptism. And whoever shows up, I'm going to baptize them. Amen. And we find that in the middle of that. Amen. God uh, allowed Brother Sis to come to an understanding of oneness of the Godhead. Amen. Remember, Brother Sis, the water's wet. Amen. I read about that. The water sure is wet. Amen. I, I want us to know today. Amen. Out of all of those troublesome times, there was a generation of people that were raised up, amen, that come in the house of God, that nobody had to cheerlead them to worship God, that nobody had to encourage them to love the Lord, that nobody had to beg them to come to the house of God. Amen. They just simply got up and came because they were good soldiers. Uh, here, I want you to know I'm appealing to the congregation, and I want to tell us today it is time that we have revival. It is time that we allow the Spirit of God to move. It's time that we put off something and get rid of something and get rid of some struggles and get beyond the trials of life. It's time that we look at all of the mess that's going on in our life and we say this, I'm going to love God in spite of it all. I'm going to glorify God in the middle of it all. I'm going to encourage myself in the Lord. Hallelujah. We're living today. Please forgive me. I'm not calling this group here But we're living in a weaker generation. And it's just the truth. Amen. Because it's they live in easier times, and easier times produces weaker people. It's just a fact of the matter. David did something here that is phenomenal. David encouraged himself. In the Lord. He encouraged himself in the Lord. Amen. Well, what did he do? Well, the Bible doesn't say directly. Amen. But I believe today that if we were to look at David's life, we have a pretty good understanding of what he did to encourage himself in the Lord. Do do we understand that? Amen. We can't draw it as a conclusion from Scripture given here. But if you look back over his life and the process of David's life, we had to understand, I believe that David was doing something that he had always done. I believe that now we find that it is pinned, Brother Talsman. Now we find it's written down. Amen. Of something David had been a participant on. Amen. From the time that he was driven from Saul's house. What did he do? He encouraged himself in the Lord. did he encourage himself in the Lord what did he do Amen. let me tell us today I believe one of the first things that he did is he remembered this I am anointed king of Israel how many know that the oil was a representation of the Holy Ghost amen let me tell the church this today. If you're going through something, if you're having a trouble in your life, if you're going through a trial when your world is turned upside down, we, we need to remember that God has anointed us with His Spirit. Amen. I want you to know today you've got the Holy Ghost down in your soul just like the Bible says. I said you got the Holy Ghost down in your soul just like the Bible says. I've been to the water and I've been baptized. My soul got happy and I'm satisfied. Oh my, I want to tell us this today. If you want to encourage yourself in the Lord, you need to stir up the Holy Ghost that's on the inside of you and realize God has anointed you with his spirit and on the inside of you, you've of God, that's not going to ultimately let you fail. Hallelujah! Oh, listen, I love this music. That we do. I'm not taking away from it. I, it. I love it. I love singing it. I love doing it. Amen. But let me tell you something. I haven't heard a song about the Holy Ghost in a while. Is that all right? Amen. Let me tell us. We'll sing, you know, the new songs are repetitive. They're no more repetitive than the old songs were. Is that all right? Wright, yeah. That's just the truth, like it or not. Amen. they will argue Brother Ronnie Dawson later. It'll be all right. <laughs> we used to get on that guitar and we would sing, I've got it, I've got it. I've got it, I've got it. We wore three drummers out one night singing I've got it. I got it, I got it. Ain't nothing like the power of the Holy Ghost. I can't explain it, but I've got it. Oh, I've got it. You can have it if you want it. You can have it if you want it. Come on. You ain't got the Holy Ghost. I can't explain it, but I've got it. Oh, I've got it. Amen. We want to sing it like I got it. I got it. No. When you get it, you got it. I got it, I got it. I got it, I got it. When you got the Holy Ghost about 45 minutes into that song, you realize that you done stirred up something that is powerful and mighty inside of you. Amen. That reminds you of who you are and your calling and your anointing. You got something alive on the inside of you. My God, you need to remind yourself you're full of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. I believe David reminded himself, God has anointed me for something greater than this. I wasn't anointed to be king of Ziklag. Uh, I was anointed to be king of Israel. Amen. Let me tell us all today. The Bible said that God has anointed us to be kings and priests. Amen. He, is, he has positioned that in our life. Amen. We have been predestined according to the Word of God. Amen. What does that mean? That means this Amen. That one day, all of us, so folks that are going through so much trouble, Amen. According to the Word of God, I'm going to sit in the judgment of angels according to the word of God, I'm going to sit in kingly places places, and priestly places. Why? Because I've got a calling, amen, that runs down so deep on the inside of me that it beckons me and it calls me and it drives me into a place in him that when everybody's looking around at everybody, I'm going, God, I want more of you. I I want your spirit. I I want your anointing. I don't care what I look like. I, I don't care what to sound like I just care that I loved you and you gave me you and I'm gonna praise you because I got you. Yeah. Let me tell you what the devil wants you to do. He wants you to be so overcome with problems that you can't rejoice in the salvation that He's given you. Whew. Like it or not, I'm preaching. Amen. Oh, you just don't know. Nobody knows. Oh, trouble I've seen. Nobody knows. Jesus knows. David knows. Other saints around here know. Amen. Let me tell you today. If you ain't shouted in a little while, you need to shout about what God has placed on the inside of you. If you're going through something in your life, let me tell you this. You need to pray until you bubble with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Until you start speaking in tongues to the point you got to make yourself stop speaking in tongues. Amen. Why? Because that is the gift of God given to those that, oh, listen, that are seeking him, that are longing for him, that's looking for him. I'm talking about an old-fashioned Holy Ghost shout. I'm talking about, amen, getting hold of the spirit of God like Mama and Papa did. I'm talking about worshiping God, amen, where you're not worried about what everybody's saying and everybody's talking about. I'm talking about the point where devils are cast out and the labor made to walk and people are getting out of wheelchairs. Oh, my, I want to tell you today, it's real. You need to realize it's real. It's real. I know it's real. This Pentecostal blessing. And I know, I know it's real. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. David, I believe today that when he encouraged himself in the Lord, he remembered, I'm anointed for something greater than this. I know it don't look good now, but I've been anointed for something better than this. Right. Amen, I want to tell the church this. Amen. Whether you realize it or not, you've been anointed for something better than the problem you're going through. Amen. God has energized you with his spirit. The Bible said he has quickened us. Amen. Together with him. Do you understand today that if you've been quickened with the Holy Ghost, amen, your, your spiritual metabolism has been changed. You don't think the same. You don't act the same. You need to remind yourself, I'm not part of this world. I'm not going to get caught up in all of that garbage. I'm going to, oh my, I've got it and it's real in my life. And it caught, it's the, oh my. Give me that old time religion. Give me that old time religion. Give me that old time religion. It's good enough for me. Makes you want to love everybody. Makes you want to love everybody. Makes you want to love everybody. It's good enough for me. Hallelujah. Tonight if I don't do anything I want to remind us who we are in the Lord. Hallelujah. I believe the second thing that David did is this. Amen. I believe that he reflected on his lions on his bears and on his Goliaths. Hallelujah. I believe when David encouraged himself in the Lord, David said, David, you ever talk to yourself? I have. I'm telling you. Amen. I've gotten on to myself. I've I've said to me literally, Philip Cook, you got to straighten up. None of y'all have. I guess I'm crazy. Mr. Jones, you have too. have Have you ever called yourself stupid? I have. I'm not stupid. I've done some stupid things, though. Amen. Yeah, we all have. Everybody has.
1: Mom, that's right. man.
0: Except for my mother. She has never done
1: anything. Right.
0: I believe in David's time of trouble. One of the ways that he encouraged himself is he was remembering his lions and his bears and his goliaths. Man. I want us to understand today, we're wanting a testimony without a test. Did you know that your failures are your tests? How about that? You know, there's something. Y'all are going to get tickled. Sister Joan's going to get tickled. We do something that's good. It's won me over. I finally understand it. We do something over in high school called ignition. I thought it was the stupidest thing in the world. Until I buried my mind in it and I began to try to understand it. And to us that lived in a generation, I I shook my head and I said, we didn't do it that way. I I just didn't do it that way. But these kids, if if you have ignition, you've taken it, raise your hand in here. Come on, raise them up high. Y'all get them up. Get them up. Come on, get them Lily, get your hands. If you take an ignition test and you fail it real bad, what happens? Oh, somebody help me. Sister Lily, help me. What happens? It's all over. It's put down in the grade book. You can never come out of it. You've got to work your way so far above that and in order to get above it. Is that how that works? Come on. No. What happens, Sister Stacy? You get a second chance. If you make below a certain grade, you automatically get a second chance. That's crazy. That's insane. Let me tell you this. Let me tell you what God does in our lives. He gives us second chances. Yeah. Yeah. And when we fail, He gives us a third chance. Right. And when we fail, He gives us a fourth chance. And when we fail, He gives us a fifth chance. And when we fail, He gives us. Oh my God. And when we fail, He gives us a second chance, a seventh chance. And when we fail, He gives us an eighth chance. Let me tell you today. You will fail in your life. You better get ready for it. If you hadn't done it big by now, it's going to happen. But I've got good news for you. We've got a Savior today that paid a price for your failure. And if you'll get up after failing, God will forgive you. And you go on and live for God I'm talking about encouraging yourself in the law. I failed yesterday, but I'm getting up today. I failed again today, but I'm getting up tomorrow. I failed tomorrow, but I'm getting up again. I want to tell you today, when you fall again, get back up. This old attitude of condemnation that sweeps across congregations I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. I command you in the name of Jesus to get your foul spirit out of here. I command you by the Holy Ghost and the name of Jesus Christ to leave this church. Let me tell you something. God is the God of second chance and third chance and fourth chance and fifth chance and 10 chance and 20 chance. Oh, I'm telling you, I've got a God that loves me enough that he said I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'll be with you all the days of your life. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad that God has never given up on you? And how many of us have had spiritual victories in our life? I've had it. Oh, I thank God. Sometimes, even in my life, they seem more sparse than the problems. Maybe that's just that old spirit of condemnation that speaks even to a pastor. But I want you to know that in years of ministry, Sister Cook, I've had it. We've had successes. Brother and Sister Sisk, in years of ministry, I want you to know that we've locked arms with you in this place. And because we bound together, in hard times. I want you to know that God has raised up a church not because of a Philip Cook but because of the God of glory that has reached in people's lives and blessed and ministered and healed. I I, I want everybody to know this today. Amen. I've got victories that I can look over. And in the times of my misery and in the times of my hurt, I can remind myself, amen, that I've had some Goliaths in my life that failed. I've had some lions in my life that I took them by the beard and I smote them. Not by myself, but by the power of God. Amen. I've endured some hardships in my life and God has got me through. Let me tell you, I believe David on that day that Ziklag was burned and his children were gone. David said, Amen. I might have walked through the valley of the shadow of death, Lord, but you were there with me. Oh, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. I want to tell us today. Amen. We've got a God that stood with us in the valley and flew with the rock of your hardship and sunk in the mind of the giant and he's raised you up and you've recovered because of him. Not because of yourself but because of him. And I want the church to know that it's always it's always God's glory. Never, Brother Cooks, it's always God's glory. Amen. I want our young folks to know that Brother Cook loves you. And I want you to know that God has called you into heaven and places. And you've got calling in your life. And you've got purpose in your life. And I want you to know that at times you've wondered, amen, have you overcome some issues? But here you are in the house of God, lifting your hands, running up to the front, glorifying God, amen, in the middle of many troubled days. But I want to tell you, amen, you can look the devil in the eye and say, God has raised me up. God has delivered me. I am somebody in the Lord. I count for something. I am good. I am holy. I am righteous. I am cherished of the Lord. God God Himself has kept me. Oh, I want to tell the devil tonight—he's got no business
1: in this place. Right. Hallelujah. The last thing that
0: I would have imagined that David did was this, brother Kevin. Would you bring the praise team up? Hallelujah. David was in the middle of a burnt down land. Driven. Vagabond. The people that he had with him, the Bible said there were evil ones in the camp. You know, David built a kingdom. Some of them were evil men that he built the kingdom with. That's what the Bible says. And there he was having been driven from the king's presence with a spear. Driven to two or three foreign lands and foreign kings had his confidant, amen, slain, and and a lot of the priesthood taken out of the picture, amen, driven back to his place of refuge there, and now his family's gone, his home is gone, his children's, everything's gone. He literally has nothing left. And they did what everybody would do. The Bible said that they wept until they had no more tears. No more tears. They wept until they had no more tears. But David recognized this. The Bible said that David was the apple of God's eye. David later was to be the one that when he failed God, he, himself, when he failed God and transported the ark the wrong way and cost a man his life. David's fault. David picked himself up and said this time I'm going to get it right. And the Bible said that David stripped off his crown And he stripped off his kingly robe. And he stripped off his kingly garments. And he put on that old linen he fought. And the Bible said that when David began to dance... to try you don't know what I've been through I believe on that day when David encouraged himself in the Lord David remembers this if nobody else is going to worship God today I'm going to worship him today I'm going to glorify today I'm going to magnify today I'm going to thank him for his goodness and his mercy and his grace Let me tell everybody this. We've got worshiping what we think is down pat. We lift up holy hands to the Lord. We clap our hands in the Lord. But the Bible doesn't stop right there. Amen. Let me tell us what the Bible says do if I can find this right quick. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why don't you just praise the Lord while I find it? How about that? (laughs) Psalms 150. Praise you, the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to, oh, this is David. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the psaltery and the harp. Praise him with the timbrel and the dance, and the dance, and the dance. Praise him with the stringed instruments and the organs. Praise him upon the loud cymbals.